My deep appreciation of theater history was instilled in me by Tom Empey, a college mentor to me and hundreds of others. While teaching Greek theater terms, he would grab the fabric of his slacks and say, You see these pants? Euripides, Eumenides making light of content that could be considered rather dry and stuffy while still maintaining respect for the art, which is what I want to do with this podcast. For each episode, I invite a guest from the many paths my theater career has taken me down. I give my guests no idea what we'll be talking about, but they know we're going to find an outrageous story about theater history and perhaps get a better understanding about why we're still doing it after all these years. So welcome to Euripides Humanities, and I am your host, Aaron Odom. Friends and listeners, this is Aaron Odom from Trident Theater in Sheridan, Wyoming, coming to you for another episode of Euripides, Eumenides, a theater history podcast. So glad to have you back. So glad to be in your ears again. Um, it's uh, It's been a fun time. Uh, uh, we're getting closer and closer to number 50, and this is just surreal to me. But, you know, I, I love hearing these uh, podcasters who uh, are huge names. Like, I think one of the guys on SportsCenter just started something, and and he's like, I'm going to give you my real opinion three days a week, dropping a Monday, Friday, and Sunday. And you're like, oh, well, okay. I guess I guess when you just are giving your opinion, it doesn't take a lot of preparation. So, uh, I I stand by the amount of preparation I put into these things. <laughs> and my guest is laughing at me today, but my guest has reason to because he's been on this program a few times and knows how easy it is for my guest to appear on this program. Uh, <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, returning to me is my good friend, Brian Michael Jones. Hello, Brian. Hello, Aaron something Odom. <laughs> what is your middle name? My middle name. Okay. All right. All right. You're, okay. Let's, here it's, we go. It's, okay. It's, it's, uh, my, my, my biological father's kin is from Arkansas. Oh, I'm, I grew up there. So I get okay, it. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, my middle name is Coy. C-O-Y. <laughs> The opposite of your personality. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I was named after my grandfather, Coy V. Odom, and I asked what the V stood for, and they said, that's it. (laughs) V is short for high V, the food stores that give you a free cookie on Wednesdays if you're eight years old. But we didn't know how to spell high. (laughs) But we can get it. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, my friends and listeners, if you've listened before, Brian's been on a couple times before. Last time, I blew Brian's mind with uh, talking about the Festival of Dionysus in ancient Greece, in which we drank a lot of wine and ripped a lot of living things to shreds. I, I, I still haven't quite gotten over that. Go back and listen to that episode if you want to. If you want to listen to the episode, eat a big bowl of ice cream, and then go to sleep. Your dreams will be amazing. Oh my word! Yeah. Um, or have a big bowl of pizza, a uh, big slice <laughs> of pizza. No, no. Bowl of pizza. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, let's do them both. Do them both. Mm-hmm. And then... A big uh, slice of soup. <laughs> and a slab of juice. Mm-hmm. So, 
Brian, I haven't actually caught up with you. You've uh, you've just told me that you got a new gig teaching theater at a high school. Oh, yeah, let's let's catch That's up. Awesome. Let's catch up. Let's catch yeah. up on the audience's dime. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> everyone listening, just take a seat. We're gonna we're just gonna trip the light. Fantastic here for a second. <laughs> yes, I got a new job. First time teaching theater at a high school. I've taught theater at. Um, of course, camps and you know private you know schools of acting and uh, right. You, I've you taught, taught you taught improv for a while too, right? Yes, I, I taught specifically improv at, on, on the university level for many yes. years. Um, and uh, but this is my first time with uh, the high schoolers, and you know what? They're not as much as of the adults as they are the drama filled kiddos. Um, <laughs> and I learned. <laughs> I learned a thing. I learned, oh, my focus is not just producing theater and teaching theater. It really is right. multifaceted, and, and you wear many hats. Oh, yeah. Counselor, listener, um, uh, pat on the back, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, which actually is not, a, I don't think it's a bad part of the job. I think it's actually part of the most honorable part of the job. Uh, oh, absolutely. Shepherding yeah. kids through probably the most stressful change time of their life. It's pretty amazing. That was what I found when I taught high school theater as well. Like I got a lot of the kids that didn't feel like they belonged anywhere else, you know, yeah. and this is a place where they fit. I mean, I had one kid uh, and he, I think he's still a regular listener to the show, but um, in high school, his parents were like, well, we really want him to go out for football. The kid had asthma so bad, like a trip up and down the stairs would leave him, you know, just absolutely helpless. And so he's like, but I still really want to get into football. I'm like, well, why don't you hold this spear and stand in the back and we'll see how you do there. <laughs> and, and then he yep. actually ended up, you know, being a lead for me a couple of times and he did really well, but awesome. And then you have those other kids who, uh, you know, are like, they find themselves within the theater because home life is just, it's not as, not as enjoyable. I mean, what better way to navigate, uh, uh, drama than with drama. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's, it's cathartic. It's there. It's therapy. We were just looking at August Wilson's Fences. We watched. Oh man, scene. that that amazing scene between the father and son. This this one was uh, James Earl Jones. Yeah, I like you. I ain't got to like you. And it's like, give oh me yeah, yeah. And, and, and Denzel Washington was a f phenomenal, of course. In the, oh in the, man. Like, well, my favorite in that is, of course, Viola Davis. Uh, oh, absolutely. Just, my God. Give just her every the, award possible. Just um, for the um, amount of work she did with the accumulated snot and spit on her face oh, in that scene. Well, and you're like, just, okay, keep rolling. This is happening. This is happening. Keep rolling. We, we don't have time to look pretty oh, here. Yeah. I mean, look real, folks. Um, but, you know, with, with uh, high school kids who are going through uh, a number of things at home, uh, how do you how do you empathize from the point of view of the villain in their eyes? You oh, know, Jeremy Earl Jones, for example, though the dad in Fences. I mean, how do you understand his view of the world? Right from yeah, that's wild. And, and that's so a hard yes. one to do. That's a hard Ooh. one to do. And and if you do it right, if you can get it right, at the end, everybody's gone. Oh, good for you, buddy. Uh, yeah. And anyway, that's it's awesome. A, that's it's awesome. A, it's theater is the empathy machine. Mm -hmm. That's so great. That's so great. I'm really glad you're doing that. I, I love, I've had several high school instructors on this program and I just love knowing that uh, there are such people out there who are compassionate about it and will champion it and fight for it and still say that this does have a valuable place in our culture because obviously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, you can't take an audience to the hard places if they can easily switch and click away. Right. 
But, but right. if they're in a room with other people sharing this experience, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. You got to, yeah. you, you lock the doors. You say, there's no bathrooms. There's no concessions. <laughs> We've got you. We're not letting you go until you feel something. Damn it. <laughs> and if the feeling is boredom, we still won. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> you no felt take something. Taxis, refunds. <laughs> That's right. Well, I felt um, annoyance and anger. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Theater. It was a visceral experience. Then I hurt I my will... fingernails trying to <laughs> crawl out. <laughs> visceral. You're All welcome. Right. You're okay. Welcome. So, Theater. In, in that light, I think uh, that's a perfect segue into the topic I have come up with for us today, Brian. And Which I, I don't know what it is. I have no, no you have no idea. Yeah. All right. Okay, here we go. Here we go. In the fall of 2015, as streaming services became much more friendly to mobile devices, it could be suggested that some in the marketing industry took advantage of the opportunity to promote something of a new idea. The benefit of having streaming services available at any time and in any place, as most people have some sort of mobile device on them at all times with access to the internet. Word. On September 14th, 2015, AT&T, Global Telecommunications (laughs) Company, AT&T tweeted an ad to promote their partnership with DirecTV as they had a bundle savings package running at the time. This ad would apparently allow for users to access live sporting events. And remember, at that time of year, this is September, professional and college football seasons had just started. Uh, Major League Baseball was in playoffs. Both the NBA and NHL seasons would be starting soon. So what a perfect time to promote live streaming sports, right? Right. Especially when you can watch them anytime simply by having a phone and the right streaming bundle. AT&T's plan with DirecTV was called the all-in-one plan. Brian, would you like to see the ad? Yes, Aaron, show okay. me the ad. I'm going to go ahead and, and and send it to you by text here. And can uh, I guess what it? Can I guess what it is? Uh, feel free. Yeah. AT and T, tired of having your multiple streaming service on multiple devices? <laughs> Not anymore. It's a new century and a new world with one device, one place where you can stream not only your favorite sporting events, but also your Sunday laundry folding stories. <laughs> Did I nail it? Um, close. Okay, so I have to watch this? Uh, oh, it's, it's, just, it's just a picture. picture. It's just oh, a picture. It's just a tweet. The slogan so, I see, I go yeah, to read so, it? Yeah, feel free to read it and describe uh, to our listeners. Okay, uh, right. It looks like someone is in a theater, a traditional theater with balcony seating and everything, and, in, and they're holding up their phone <laughs> in front of their face. <laughs> Which is horrible theater etiquette. (laughs) And it says, don't let life get between you and football. (laughs) Get the all-in-one plan from AT&T. So be an absolute D-bag and hold up your phone. I'm at, it looks like they're at the opera. There's a very nice, you know, dressed woman in the front. She's wearing like a little black you know, dresses, you know, cocktail dresses. No, no, I'm holding up my football. Looks like he's watching. If I zoom in, we got the New Orleans Saints running oh, yeah. back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. AT&T all-in-one plan for <laughs> jerks like you. <laughs> but hey, I, I mean, if you look at it, the ad is in first-person perspective as if you're the person holding up the phone in your hand. Yeah, and the light lights are still up, so the show hasn't even started yet. So, but if you feel guilty, <laughs> this is not the product for you. If you feel like, yeah, that's me, I, I feel better about watching the opera with some football in my face. 
thin <laughs> got you covered. Don't let life get between you and football. Don't let your nagging wife take me out on a Saturday, please. <laughs> get in between you and grown men throwing a pigskin, rolling around in the dirt. You know, as I recall, there are only, what, three days a week that football happens on anyway, or if you're talking NFL. I mean, it's Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. And Four then, days of hell and three days of heaven. <laughs> oh, and then college football. So, well, there we go. Oh, there we go. Reverse that. So very soon after, the star subject of my last two episodes, Patty Lapone, sent a response to the AT&T ad on her Twitter feed. Here's a quote. Our theaters, ballet, and symphony halls are not arenas. They are intimate spaces. We do not have vendors selling beer, hot dogs, peanuts, and Cracker Jacks during a performance. We have, for the most part, excellent acoustical houses. Everything can be heard, including the tapping of your digits on a phone or the click of a camera. And from the stage, do not be fooled. We can see you. It's time we all in the theater community put an end to the cell phone disruptions, enforce the law, and eject the individual who thinks they are exempt. And to the AT&T spokesperson, what altered reality do you live in? And why do you assume I live there too? End quote. Absolutely. It should be fair. We should hold theater in the same standards as we do the sporting events. Just last week, I went and saw the Tennessee Titans, and there was okay. this total jackhole sitting right in front of me reading a book. <laughs> we kicked him out so fast. Are you serious? No, I'm trying no. to. <laughs> I mean, everyone beat him to a pulp. Say, how dare you not watch these multimillionaires running around? I mean, there's a part of that where you go. I mean, the cheapest seats in 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 NFL are well, like what did you pay? If I don't mind my asking, uh, they were a gift. I don't know. Oh, okay. So uh, I remember when I was living in Seattle in the mid 2000s, I never went to a Seahawks game because the cheapest seats I could buy were like thirty five dollars behind the end zone. Mm -hmm. uh, if you wanted something to watch the game like you would on TV, uh, you couldn't spend under like seventy five to one hundred fifty. Right, right. Which, you know, honestly, uh, that came up in my last episode as well. We were talking a lot about Hamilton and how people went, well, it makes it more accessible to uh, to a lot more people. And you're like, well, I guess the music does, but the actual experience of seeing Hamilton right now yeah. is really expensive. Very hard, yes. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was thrilled to get a ticket to Weird Al Yankovic when he came to Nashville. Oh, yeah. Right? God bless him and everything he does. Oh, my God. I got, uh, uh, I've never been to the Ryman Auditorium before. Uh, those okay. of you who have will know that there are certain obstructed seats, and I had no idea, and I sat right behind a pole. Directly. Oh, no! Directly behind a pole. His bass player oh. looked great. The piano player was fantastic and on form. <laughs> and there was this vague, uh, sometimes you get a swish of curly hair out the side of a pole, left or right, or a googly oh. arm flapping in the weeds. I believe that you have a bologna. But the guy next to me was very nice. I spent the concert in his lap. It was just my <laughs> neck was really tilted to the left. He was very sweet. Well, because he was watching uh, uh, the NBA game. Right. But but anyway, that ticket price was cheaper. It was cheaper than one seat <laughs> than one seat next to me, and I didn't put two and two together. I went, well, that's a deal. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, back to uh, back to this AT&T gaffe. Um, 
so Miss Lapone put out that statement, and then she, uh, in the rest of the statement, she mentioned and thanked several members of the theater community who had already seen the ad and already stirred the theater community into fervor by retweeting it with all of the reasons why they're like, oh, so AT&T hates theater now, or AT&T <laughs> hates the symphony, AT&T says it's not worth going to. Well, they boring. don't know what show it is. They don't know if it's the <laughs> symphony. What what if what if it's mm -hmm. a horrible uh, you know, I don't know, like a kid like Char Charlie Brown put on by a bunch of second graders and you're like, yeah, oh, I'd rather yeah, watch that. Okay. Yep, what what yep. if what if it's uh, you know, puppetry of the pit? You know, maybe oh. it's that show. Mm, and I yep, I'd rather watch some football. I'd rather watch some football. But no, wait a no, minute, wait a minute. No. Uh I don't want to see naked boys singing. I want to watch muscular men running at each other with tight pants. Okay, cool. Got Just, it. you know, hey, you do you, Aaron. <laughs> no, no judgment. No. So, moving forward. The tweet from AT&T was made on September 14th, 2015 at 11 a.m. and was deleted by 5 p.m. that same day based on the number of tweets in response calling for people to boycott AT&T accompanied by the hashtag NotMyService. <laughs> <laughs> by 5 12 p.m 12 minutes after it was deleted at&t responded to a critical tweet on the feed for the new york theater organization playbill with something of an apology so it was a response to another tweet they didn't just send out a statement yet they just put oh okay we better say something here mm -hmm. this was the this was the 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 response we love and listen to the thespian community. The ad wasn't meant to be taken literally, and we meant no disrespect. Uh, so you don't take that ad literally? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, that's, that's... it. Literally says, "Catch a winning play at the theater." Ah, uh, come on, we were kidding. I didn't, we didn't mean to take it literally. We just do no, an advertisement no. of somebody, you know, buying iPhones because we want to sell iPhones. But don't really buy iPhones. <laughs> don't don't That's really do crazy. That. And don't get them from AT and T. You you're yeah. welcome to choose anybody. That's like that's, right. that's like that thing when you are on an airline and they are like, we know you have a lot of options and uh, we are glad you chose us. It's like no, you you were the only airline going to the place I was going. You were the cheapest <laughs> ticket. It's like, I went to Jersey Mike's and like, would you like to donate to PETA? I'm like, I don't think this is the right thing. Come on, AT&T. So, so AT&T, that was at 512. By 523, same night, in response to the tweet debacle, AT&T released one other statement. Certainly it's evident that our ads take place in an alternate reality and are not meant to be taken literally. The broad concept of the campaign is that you see content just about everywhere. Uh-huh. You know what? They could have had this. Okay, fine. We don't take it literally. Let's go on your logic, AT&T. Don't take it literally. It's just generically. You know, we can have this uh, device showing you all of your uh, sporting events anywhere you'd like. Well, go ahead and give me a first-person point of view holding up my phone <laughs> in the sweet, sweet art of lovemaking to my wife. <laughs> don't let real life get in between you how about how about during the birth of my first can, child and, and can, I'm holding yeah, yeah can we have that at a funeral there you Jesus, go Jesus when is this over like <laughs> a wedding she's saying the vows you've got your phone right up hold on hold on hold on yes okay I do <laughs> <laughs> so uh I think there are some things missing in this apology 
besides honesty and actual apology. Okay. Um, I, I think uh, AT&T maybe forgot to mention a couple things. You know, they could have possibly mentioned in their statement that their commitment to the performing arts might have been better exemplified not by <laughs> specifically uh, commenting and then labeling the thespian community, um, <laughs> but by also maybe mentioning that uh, the company got naming rights over the Dallas Performing Arts Center when it opened in October 2009. They put enough money in to put their name on the building. So the complex has many performance spaces for theater, opera, dance, experimental ballet, symphony, etc. And I looked up a lot of it. You can go to their website and check out their offerings. In the press release in 2009 that uh, would state that AT&T is going to be the name on the AT&T Performing Arts Center, the following quote was included from the complex's CEO, Mark Nerenhausen. Our relationship with AT&T, the global leader in communications, will place us at the forefront of the performing arts world in utilizing cutting-edge technology to enhance our patrons' experience at the center. It's called put your phone away and look at the stage. We don't need your technology to make it better. Let's get out of our house, pay money for a ticket, get in our car, drive downtown, pay for valet, get dinner because she's going to want dinner, park, <laughs> go in there, pre-order our snacks for intermission, sit down to look at a screen, AT&T. Come on mm -hmm. now. No, oh, no. Well, okay, okay. Here, here, here. Here's another thing about it, and I didn't really look into this, but as I as I hear these words again, I go, okay, I see what they're saying, but I don't know if they know what it sounds like. All right. The press release also stated this: the center will be one of the most technologically advanced performing arts venues in the country, equipped with AT and T Wi-Fi service and complimentary internet access to patrons. AT and T will also offer unique mobile applications to AT and T wireless subscribers. That's not technologically advanced. <laughs> That's what. Wi Here's Wi-Fi. Like no, no, no. If you're gonna say that AT and T, I want robots, freaking <laughs> animatronic AI, uh, giving me a massage. Uh, paying my bills, cooking me a sandwich. That's right. <laughs> cooking me a sandwich with a slice of soup. If they would have elaborated on that a bit, I think some of the apps are like uh, ticketing apps. So you can, um, you know, right. if you, if you, you can use your certain, phone, we get it. Yep. You can use your phone. And if you check in at certain stations or like, Hey, check in, uh, scan the QR code at the bar and see what uh, our drink specials will be the next time you come or something like that. Th you know, this is I, what I expect. If you say the technology advancement will make your theater experience so much better. You know how you watch like a, a, a Amazon prime, a show and you move your uh -huh. mouse over the screen. It'll give you a facts of the actors that are in that particular scene at that right. time. Right. Yeah. The IMDb yeah. credits, whatever. So you turn on <laughs> your camera, you hold it up in front of your face, just like this AT&T ad, seeing <laughs> the actors, and it'll show you, like, here's his credit score. Here's this old woman's, uh, is how many times this actress has been divorced. Uh, I mean, give me, like. This is how much weight this actor lost to play this part. <laughs> <laughs> here's how much this man owes to his bookie <laughs> i want that kind of detail and behind the scenes knowledge if you're going to tell me that there's technological advances so so you want to hear something cool this is something i came up with right. in in during uh covid when we could kind of 
barely get back together you know a house that holds like 400 people could have like 35 people in it because it's like stay the hell away from me but we want to do things live so i you know i've talked about on the show several times i direct a production of the rocky horror picture show every year with the shadow cast and everything but since we were not able to do that we were like okay you can come watch the movie and it'll be shot up on the big screen and and maybe we'll have some interactive experiences so i started thinking about that and i went what an opportunity for us as the theater world to use these little devices, our phones, mm-hmm. in conjunction with entertainment. So just like you're saying, like AR, like you hold the thing up, augmented reality, you can see different stuff. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun if we could just like film several different actors and you can put them on the stage with your phone as, as you're watching? Or like, you know, maybe if you're if you're in the house, you can like scan around and oh my God, there's somebody standing right above me. And, and oh yeah. I, so cool. I started to look into this and I wrote to two people. Uh, there was one at this really cool arts institution in California, and uh, she said, "This is impossible." <laughs> <laughs> was it? Wasn't Caltech? I, uh, no, no, it wasn't. But then I I heard from a guy from Bath, England, who's like. It's absolutely possible. How much money do you have? And how many people do you have? (laughs) So it sounded Uh like if you really could make it financially feasible, you could have augmented reality theater. I was like, oh, that would be so cool. But I would. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it crosses a line in a way of like, okay, is this actual live theater or, you know, should we have just made yeah. a movie out of this? But I don't know. I know. Anyway. And is it cheap? Is it cheaper just to uh, say, well, I'm not going to go to the theater. I'm going to be at my house and I'm going to pay for the actors to come to my living room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. That might be the cheaper way to go. Hi, I'm Hugh Jackman. Now let's watch my movie. Oh God. He talked, he spoke right to me. <laughs> this is Hugh Jackman. Tonight's performance will be specially performed for Aaron Odom. <laughs> All right, now back to the show. He said my name. Um, so about this whole Dallas Performing Arts Center that became the AT&T Performing Arts Center, I mean, to me, it sounds like at a critical point in fundraising, the Dallas Performing Arts Complex needed a major gift in order to continue their construction, and AT&T saw the opportunity not only to get good PR for se- supporting the arts, but also to sell their products exclusively through the complex. I mean, you what? heard in the statement, they're what? like, oh, AT&T subscribers get different things by attending the AT&T Performing Arts Complex. Hmm. Oh, and in their apology to the theater community for the misguided advertising, they also seem to forget about this. In March 2015, same year that the tweet was put out in September, a false advertising complaint was made against AT&T concerning the DirecTV bundle. The complaint claimed that in their marketing, it wasn't properly announced that getting the discount with the bundle required a two-year contract with AT&T, and that the second year of the contract went up as much as $45 for the year without any notice. Boop, 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 boop. Oh. What is, that's how they get you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and... That if a customer eliminated the contract before the end of the two-year term, the customer could face a non-negotiable $480 fine. This they do that not- at the gym, man. <laughs> they do that at the gym. <laughs> I still owe them $5,000 and I haven't lived in Culver City in two years. In August 2017... The Federal Trade Commission demanded that AT&T and DirecTV pay 3.95 
billion to settle the complaint, as the FTC estimated that 33 million customers had committed to this plan between 2007 and 2015. Do you think somebody got fired? It might have. It's like... <laughs> uh, that was me. I'm sorry, I did that. You didn't include that in fine print? I, I, I told myself I had a rubber band around my wrist to remind my... And then I couldn't remember why I put the rubber band around my wrist. We're going to have to have a meeting. Okay, yeah. Dad. Just a chat. In March of 2017, DirecTV was in negotiations to pay that, uh, that uh, settlement because yeah. AT&T was still trying to fight the original complaint. You go to AT&T, get it. That's right. A lawyer representing AT&T claimed that the complaint was, quote, absurd because the average customer stays with their service for 5.5 years, according to reports. The lawyer went on to say, how can a customer who's coming back be deceived? (laughs) (laughs) How? How? Hello? Oh, my gosh. No, it's it's possible to return to a place and and be deceived. This mm-hmm. restaurant's great. I love their tiramisu. You know what? Let's try their sh- their chocolate shrimp parfait this time. <laughs> well, you came back. You knew. Shame you knew on you. What you were getting into? Shame on we we're. <laughs> I'll We're, take this the porterhouse steak, medium rare, and the side dish of what's the slap in the face? Oh. <laughs> We're a barbecue take- joint. Why are you even ordering that? <laughs> you should know better, which is something I do that my wife really hates. Uh, we'll go to an Italian restaurant, and I'm like, you know, your hot dogs on the kids' menu? Can I have a plate of hot dogs, please? And do you do it in that accent, too? <laughs> no, I want to make I don't- them feel comfortable, so I put on my best Mario this is how you speak right and then mm-hmm. and then your waitress claire is just like i don't get paid enough um oh, i love that her name's claire because then she's got piercings great? everywhere from claire's uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. all oh that, that's a great one yeah oh I so hope she's okay hope she's doing well claire miss you uh-huh uh after all the fervor on September 14th, 2015, and the following few days of tweet storms and anti-AT&T statements, AT&T released a new ad <laughs> in which a fan at a football game was watching a play on a cell watching phone. Watching a play on the cell Oh, come on. Oh. <laughs> was that just a middle finger up to the thespian community or what? Now, did they get a ton of uh, sports people tweeting nope. negatively? How dare? No? Oh. Nope. Really? No, nope. really? Nope. I mean, you probably did, but nobody was listening. That was just your average tweeter. Not, not, I mean, the people who were, who were incensed and tweeting were all pretty big in the Broadway world. So, uh, so it was like, yeah, they had tons of followers and all these followers <laughs> are like, well, Patty Lapone doesn't like it. So, and yeah, even Patty Lapone in that statement went back and said, and by the way, I haven't used AT&T for years because they screwed me over too. Thank you, Verizon. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, okay. Well, I mean, references are preferences. Meanwhile, Verizon is meanwhile Verizon is, is scrapping their advertising <laughs> campaign, which has a dad like watching TV on his phone while like shoving his kid who just wants him to read up a book in the corner. Like, not now, Daddy's not got time. But put yourself to bed. Thank you, Verizon, for stopping me from being a father. Maybe what? we shouldn't run that one. I don't think we should run that one. I'm just hearing some things. How about we do the one uh, with the guy at the funeral? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a great idea from this guy who got fired from AT&T. We just hired him. (laughs) 
He's got great ideas. Okay, so not even a year later, another ad campaign caught some attention. In ads targeted to helping teenagers be more financially aware, global financial giant Wells Fargo released a two-sided pamphlet. Brian, you, you want to see that? Well, first of all, if you're trying to do market to teenagers and you give them a two-sided pamphlet, <laughs> uh, you're, it's like dead in the water. It's like, who are you going to hand this well, out to? All right, no, yeah, send it to me. 2016. Oh, is that it? I see it now. Uh-huh. Yep. Feel free to describe that one there. Uh, well, it's a two-page pamphlet, mm-hmm. and uh, the the models they chose for the pictures are are that that per, the, it's what it calls the perfect advertising race. Oh, isn't it great? It, yes. Oh, yes. I know. If if you're anywhere on the spectrum from white to black to brown, to you know, anything, you can look at them and go, "Yeah, that's me. That's me. I relate to this. <laughs> I relate I'm, to this. I'm using this product. This is the perfect. Yeah. It's just human-colored person. Anyway, it says a ballerina yesterday, an engineer today. Let's get them ready for tomorrow. Unbelievable. And the next page says, an actor yesterday, a botanist today. Let's get them ready for tomorrow. <laughs> F you, Wells Fargo. So um, in a similar fashion in what happened to AT&T over their gaffe, it should be understood that if you're a multi-billion dollar financial industry and you depend on repeat business – it's probably not best to upset a community full of creative people who can clap back in creative ways to their own millions of followers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here are some of my favorite tweets from this debacle Mm -hmm. from Anne Harada, who was in the recent Broadway revival of into the woods. She's been on Schmigadoon and was in the original Broadway production of Avenue Q. Oh, come on now. Okay. Quote. I think I want, at Wells Fargo to stop managing my money if they can't respect how I make it. There you go. Yeah, come on now. Uh-huh. They, they should uh, have said, a poor person yesterday, <laughs> a rich person who banks at Wells Fargo tomorrow. <laughs> Whatever. That- uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I didn't include it in here. I can't remember who said it, but it was something like, so the highest paid person in entertainment last year was, uh, they made about uh, $64 million and the highest paid botanist last year made $135,000. Okay. You just let me know oh, how that's working, Wells. Yeah. Take that, botanists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Brightman, Broadway's Beetlejuice. Okay. Oh man, that's guy, that guy's great. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how his voice isn't hamburger meat. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, here's his tweet. Well, this is gross. At Wells Fargo just told me that I should look for other work. Here's to tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it's horrible. Lest Uh we forget, Wells Fargo, and you can play uh, a pomp and circumstance under the speech that I'm about to give. Let us forget, never forget, Wells Fargo, that a life as an engineer or a botanist knows how to create and manipulate botanical life, yet knows not what they are living for without the theater and dance to celebrate that which was the reason why we live, not the what that kins that does us, that, that gets. Oh, I've fallen asleep. I've fallen asleep. Wasn't even pomp and circumstance. I think I was doing Vivaldi. No, nope. nope. I don't know. Okay, anyway. Um, oh, and here's, a, here's another tweet. Uh, Benj Pazic. 
half of the musical team, Pazic and Paul, you know, behind Dear Evan Hansen and oh, La La yes. Land. Now okay. you've got me. Uh-huh. Benj Pazic says, and tomorrow, an apology from at Wells Fargo for denigrating the legitimate dreams of young artists everywhere? <laughs> Yeah, good question mark on the end of that one. That's right. Hello. It gives that nice sarcastic hello and a tiny bit of punctuation. Just as Mr. Pazic suggested, Wells Fargo tweeted out their apology after the Labor Day weekend was over. Here's their apology. Okay, all right. Wells Fargo is deeply committed to the arts, and we offer our sincere apology for the initial ads promoting our September 17th Teen Financial Education Day. They were intended to celebrate the aspirations of all young people and fell short of that goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fell uh, on their face. Yeah, completely. Broke their nose and stood up and went, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Just walk it off, Wells Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, tweet goes on. The tweet goes on about the how the company is changing the direction of the ad campaign and its commitment to the arts community and its enduring respect of American culture. And... I, I, in trying to find a similar story like the AT&T Performing Arts Center, you can go out and look and Wells Fargo has its name on so many things, theatrical or music or dance. They, they, mm-hmm. uh, Performing Arts Centers, there's many, many with Wells Fargo in the title. So yes, I believe that. Okay. Uh, right. But the I tweet- mean, did, could, could, Listen, you, okay, going back to this two-page pamphlet, you've got- uh, uh, You've hired Wells Fargo. You've hired actors, models, <laughs> to create a piece of paper that says what they are. What you have hired them to do is meaningless. I mean, what a sl- what a slap in the face! I, I want an interview with these two a- uh, actors where their faces blurred and and voices modulated <laughs> i didn't know what it meant when they said non-union buyout for a thousand dollars for print my dream and i finally saw myself in print my mom was so excited and that i couldn't i couldn't show it to him <laughs> golly the, the tweet with the apology ends by mentioning that in the previous year quote wells fargo's support of the arts culture and education totaled 93 million dollars so that's 2015. Okay. And, and, that, and we are don- that we are donating <laughs> to ballerinas <laughs> and actors everywhere. Let's face it, they've made a horrible terrible, financial life. Terrible choice. choice. Uh, now, their, dona- their claim about their donation is true to an extent. Wells Fargo does have its name, like I said, on many, many arts projects and community giving funds. But when asked what happened with this particular snafu when Wells Fargo has classically been pretty generous to the arts, there was no response. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why'd you do this if you are so good to the arts? Ah. Uh. (laughs) Give it time. It'll go away. (laughs) If I stand here long enough, they'll just get bored and leave. Wells Fargo's like, I'm sorry. We hired this guy from Verizon. He said he had a long history. He had AT&T on his resume. <laughs> we figured he knew how to put his finger on the pulse. Um, of course, this is only speculation on my part, but Wells Fargo may have not had their best marketing teams on this because they were, at the same time, they were doing what they could to deflect the blowback of their concurrent fraud scandal. Oh, right. I remember that. That was huge. <laughs> 
At the time the ad was dropped in September 2016, Wells Fargo was facing serious allegations of multiple accounts being opened without customers noticing, going all the way back to 2002. And to be honest, I worked for Wells Fargo in that time. Full disclaimer. What what did you do, Aaron? Coy Odom? Nothing! (laughs) It's your fault. It might be. And, uh, this whole stuff resulted in a landfall of fees being assessed to clients without their knowledge. In response, Wells Fargo set up a fund that would compensate those afflicted by the predatory sales techniques, a sum which resulted in about $3 billion in losses that year. Now, before that settlement was made, I found the following in an article from the New York Times. During the final five years of abuse, the bank quietly fired thousands of employees for falsifying records in response to customer complaints, according to court filings, and disciplined tens of thousands more. Uh, well, how did it feel to get punished, uh, Aaron? <laughs> what, did they, the, what did they do to you? Uh, they didn't do anything to me. Uh, you, were gone, you were gone by then. I, I could tell you some stories, though. In the filings... Prosecutors described how, even after some Wells Fargo executives tried to curb the sales abuses, the bank hid the problem from investors by changing its public descriptions of its sales practices over several years. The intent was to be clearer about the limitations of the bank's strategy known as, quote, cross-selling, without tipping investors off to the problems that senior executives had uncovered, the filing said. (laughs) Cross-selling. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. 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 Uh, I don't think I'm going to be attacked because I don't think Wells Fargo is going to come after me. But um, when I was working there uh, as a teller and then a banker, they had this internal slogan for us as employees to go for great. And it was (laughs) GR8. Okay. What we want to try to do is get every one of our customers up to eight products under our name. Okay, so a product includes things like a checking account. That's one a savings account. That's two a debit card or an ATM card. That's three online banking. That's four online bill pay. That's five. That's usually the the most that I could get. And those right now, uh, like I would venture to say that a lot of us out there are like, yep, that kind of sounds like what I have at the bank. That's pretty Uh standard stuff. But then, okay, so I'm at five. So what are the other ones? Uh, safety deposit box. Um, that could be one. Yep. Uh, Monthly fee on that. And um, uh, maybe some some sort of a loan. Yep. yep. Uh, through Wells Fargo. And, and, the, and the, eighth, the eighth one, the eighth one mm-hmm. is free advertising where you get so in love with the company, you stand on the corner <laughs> and you sing the Wells Fargo wagon is a coming down the street. Then they got you. <laughs> then they got you. And every time you sing it, you owe us a dollar. Um <laughs> Those fees they don't tell you about, man. <laughs> I, didn't I didn't know. I was just out there singing. I owe 25 bucks now. Then they call you in like, that song is from The Music Man. That is a theatrical production. We don't believe there's any future in that. So stop it. Stop it. <laughs> or let me show you the numbers on how much we donated to The Music Man when it took out Beetlejuice on Broadway. Okay, anyway. We fired 10,000 oh. employees to make a donation. <laughs> so again, I suggest that perhaps... Wells Fargo might not have had the best marketing team on the job for their teen financial education day. Uh-huh. I tell you, man, going back to this two-page pamphlet, <laughs> we've got a picture of a girl that says ballerina yesterday, an engineer today, and she's holding, I think, a, a piece of a circuit board. 
I don't know. I and 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 the, the contraption in front of her has like a spinny wheel, an LED light, um, and, and a wire. Oh well, she's an engineer. She's building the future. Oh right. And this guy holding a um, a, a beaker's flask uh, with <laughs> dirt on the bottom and a little br- a green sprouting bud on top, and the look on his face is like. I'm going to smoke this later. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, you know that that was a meeting and it, those images were on like a, a poster board and about eight people were around there and they're looking at that and they're going, yeah, I think, I think that speaks to the stoner crowd too. Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, the, the girl, uh, you know, she, uh, she looks fairly plain and dumb. I think uh, uh-huh. this might speak to the uh, average mall walker crowd, don't you think? Yeah. They uh, should continue with this ad and uh, uh, <laughs> have pictures of like NF professional NFL players, like <laughs> playing the NFL today, selling cars tomorrow. Because <laughs> you're going to roll that ankle. You're going to kill your ACL. Yeah, you know, where are you going to be? What are you going to do now, huh? What's your fallback? To be honest. To be, yeah, what's your fallback, NFL? Yeah, you multi-million. We're going to do that for those millions. Stop coming. <laughs> take take, take oh, your hometown, hometown discount and finish your career off. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Wells Fargo. Yeah, they had some interesting sales practices. Oof. On March 30th, 2021, the National Endowment for the Arts put out a press release to indicate how drastically the COVID-19 pandemic has affected the performing arts industry with massive shutdowns of performance spaces and stops put on production at every level. But the numbers from, yeah, the numbers from 2019 were staggering. So by showing the numbers in 2020 against the numbers in 2019, there were some pretty interesting things to find out when it's put in context of just how much the performing arts contributes to the U.S. economy. Oh. Quote from the statement, the data shows that in 2019, economic activity in the sector had been expanding. Production of arts and cultural goods and services in the U.S. added 4.3% directly to the nation's gross domestic product for a total approaching a trillion dollars. $919.7 billion to the U.S. economy. Hollywood, man. Wow. I'm no economist. That sounds big. Well, I mean, you know, you hear that, like you go through like a summer of big blockbuster movies and they're like, well, and this one broke the one weekend record of $250 million. And there's like 14 of those in a year. You go, hmm. And that's just Mm -hmm. movies. That's not even TV. I mean, I started thinking about it like, boy, these streaming services have really figured things out. Like when the Batman was just released this year, the Robert Pattinson Batman, it was on HBO in a month. Yeah, it was nice. I was getting used to that. That was nice. So if you wanted that, you you bought the service. And Mm -hmm. with the service, you get a ton of other things. So I'm thinking like, okay, I used to be somebody who like, when I really like something, I would buy it as soon as it came on streaming and then that company's got me maybe for three or four purchases for the year 20 bucks a piece okay i'm spending 80 bucks on this thing all right then hbo comes out with hbo max for ten dollars a month but that's ten dollars a month for a year and all of a sudden i have just figured out how to squeeze 40 more dollars out of you for a year without creating any new content without creating any new content yeah that's right yeah we just just let you watch our backlogs of things yeah absolutely Here's 50 years of Turner classic movies that you'll never watch. Mm -hmm. 
Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, so here's okay. a couple other statements from this uh, National Endowment for the Arts quote. Okay. So I just said that, uh, you know, it, it's getting close to a trillion dollars. This amount wow. remains greater than the value added by industries such as construction, transportation and warehousing, mining, botanists, uh, and agriculture. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> and well, if they would stop, if it would just stop smoking their product and sell yeah, it, well, the economy yeah. would, man. Yeah. See? Okay. And here's the final statement. Arts and cultural industries had 5.2 million workers on payroll with total compensation of $447 billion. And this figure does not include self-employed arts workers. That's at least another ten, twenty thousand dollars Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all the all the guys with uh, the guitar case. Uh, uh, oh yeah, getting, man, getting money thrown in there on the sidewalk. This, this <laughs> guy in a booth in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, my point in the whole thing is, it just seems odd that two huge, huge contributors to the arts, who are also huge companies in general just seem to think that the arts weren't part of the economy. Uh, a very common misconception, uh, or, or <laughs> every parent's worst nightmare. Um, <laughs> Mommy, I want to go gonna, be a painter. I'm going to go be an artist. Oh, um, my God. Uh, well, just have the brain surgery to fall back on. Um, <laughs> oh, this is what my father told me. Uh, I don't agree with your decision, but I'll support you in any way. Uh, is that support though? I mean, that's that's fundamentally not support on every that's, level. That's like saying, "I love you, Aaron Odom," but I, so I won't say I told you so quite as loud <laughs> at family dinner as I will. As I will. <laughs> well, oh, my 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 parents were absolute one hundred percent. Go baby, go. And, well, and I say that. Back. That was my biological father. My dad, who just passed away this year, and my mom were 100% behind me all the way. And 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 they were always front row whenever I did anything. Yep. And, yep. and mom, still mom still is. Mom still is. And, but, but I mean, yeah, the numbers, when you look at it, yes, maybe there's only like 200 well-known movie stars. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's fame. That's not, I pay my bills doing this stuff full time. And yes. there are tens of thousands of those people out there. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh -huh. There's a, a, a great documentary that I saw uh, called That Guy Who Was in That Thing. Do you know that? The Guy Who Was in That Thing? Yeah. 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 He's in everything. That Guy Who Was in The Thing. <laughs> That's right. Those, all those character actors. Yeah. Yeah. It's all these character actors who you've seen a ton of times. You're like, ah, I can't. Uh, he was, he was this. He was the senator guy. That's my goal. That was my goal in life. I want to be that. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's a joke, and you might be able to, uh, you know, tell me if this has happened to you or not. Uh, it hasn't happened to me yet. Uh, I haven't been on Law and Order as a victim, or or, <laughs> or a criminal, and uh -huh. I haven't been on CSI as a dead body. So. Oh man. Well, my wife got to be a dead body on CSI. Ah, right? there you go. Yep. Because you, you're dead, right? But then you get yeah. to do flashbacks where you're alive and get to do stuff. But mm -hmm. I, my procedural uh, drama career is, is as follows: NCIS LA as guy selling cell phones in cell phones. 
Um, Were you watching uh, a play on the sofa? Special, uh, on NCIS, <laughs> I was special agent Terry Mahler, who got fired Ooh. for taking naps every 20 minutes. <laughs> I, was the, I, I was the gag in the first part uh, of that season opener. And they had to wake you up? Yes. Um, <laughs> hey, and, uh, wake up! You're fired. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> I remember acting the crap. I was like, "Yeah, I did exactly what I did on audition. Really playing up the comedy. I, I came from. I was doing a lot of sitcomy auditions and, and a couple of Disney shows, things like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I did it really big. And uh, the director comes up to me and he goes, "Brian, great job, but um, <laughs> it's uh, it's not Shakespeare, mate. Just bring it down." which you know when i'm directing that's the best thing you can hear because you know you've done at least enough yeah you never want to hear uh (laughs) more bigger more i I don't know i'm missing something here ah with brian jones you're never missing anything (laughs) explosion um that's it i I, my gray's anatomy was wonderful because my my wife loved the show gray's anatomy Oh, there you uh, go. Dre- dreaming about McSteamy and McDreamy and all the, the, mm. oh, the do- what doctor is she going to end up with all these things? Uh, mm. I got hired as a uh, fish guy. <laughs> and my job was uh, a singing telegram, uh, ukulele playing guy in a fish outfit. Oh, my God. Fish I, guy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ha, ha, ha. You married fish guy, honey. Yeah. 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 Fish, yeah. fish guy. <laughs> I infiltrated your favorite little show. <laughs> Only up from here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my story today. Oh man. So if there's any moral or lesson to leave your listeners with, my uh-huh. goodness, it is um uh uh you, you may uh, poo-poo the struggling artist, but what do you do when you get home from your job? You immerse uh-huh. yourself in your shows, your escapism, and you uh I mean, come on. Oh my you god. Love us. I, I, you love us, you it. need us. I've said Euripides, it so many times. you needed ease. You need ease. <laughs> Whatever. What have well, you said so many say, times? I, I've said so many times on this show, you know, I started this thing in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, for people to poo-poo on the arts during the pandemic, you're like, do you know what you're, what are you doing? How, how, how many shows have you binged? People yes. worked hours and hours on that. It used to be one of my favorite things, and I don't know how often it's still done anymore, but, uh, you know, the whole age of the MCU has gotten us to stay after movies and watch all the credits now. That's true. Because you're like, uh, new content is coming. But really Uh what you're doing is you're paying some respect to all of those names. Every one of those is another person who spent some portion of their workday on this film. And some- Oh my gosh, it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people sometimes. It's incredible. I think it was a couple- mcu drops or maybe it was x-men i i don't know why i want to associate it with a superhero movie but i think it was after one of those the final end card said something like this film went to create fifteen thousand jobs yeah i love it <laughs> and you're like thanks for paying your 10 bucks for a ticket yeah that's right and you contributed um, to all of that i know i uh i i was in college and a buddy of mine you may know him i'm gonna tell mm. him i'm gonna say his name uh-oh Vinny Latham. You remember Vin- Vinny oh! Vincent Latham? Vinny Vent Laser. Yeah, you called him Vinny Vent Laser. He had a, a beautiful head of black hair, long black hair. Oh my God, head. yes. And he has that amazing like rogue from the X-Men, Silver Streak. Yes. That star- you remember that? I was so yes. jealous of that. That was the coolest thing in the world. He wouldn't. He didn't want to talk about it. He's like, no. yeah, well, man, don't talk about it. But he was like, hey, let's go see a movie. And we went and saw a movie. And he goes, hey, let's go hop. Let's go see another one. And I went, 
no. I, we can't. I couldn't. I, maybe I did it once, and I felt so guilty as an actor. I was like, I can't. I can't do this. I'm not. These, right. are, these are my people. I can't. Right. Right. I guess at the end of the day, we talked about all these roles. You've had a uh, sleeping agent, fish guy, and the unfortunate thing is... <laughs> all of those were pro bono you were doing it for the good of the art and sure sure i'm really i'm really impressed you were taking a bullet for the rest of them <clears throat> yeah right nope. <laughs> nope oh wait that didn't I happen did at all for the money. I, did for the money. <laughs> I have i listen i have a fun car i have i have a third car we don't no one needs you know three cars you got two drivers in the family you get two cars it's all really laney I, I, yep. I my fun car is absolutely attributed to the muppets i mean like i every time i get oh. in and i drive in i'm like i, I did the muppets this is uh, my muppet mobile oh that's um, right yes and, it, and it, it was fantastic god i wish i oh best work in the world yeah working for that, yeah. Working for that company can um, well it's amazing and you know and they're in their own struggle of getting you know like hey we're not stunt performers we are actors doing right yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. People are trying to even push that, push those guys to the side. They're like, no, we <laughs> oh, are the voice for the movement. We're everything. Yeah. You put fabric on your hands and talk like you're an actual person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many times I've been in a place where it's like, oh, that looks so easy. And I give it away. You do it here. You put the puppet on your head. Yeah. Go see, for see. it. Go for it. And you tell me that your child doesn't have a stuffed one of these on their bed. <laughs> yeah, I know. Come on. <laughs> okay. Well, Brian, there we go. We, uh, we unleash some, terrible truths unfortunately the arts are a valuable part of the economy unfortunately uh, they are sorry big <laughs> data sorry big yeah. uh financial um yeah. but so uh, the next yeah. time you're uh at night and you curl up and you have your phone in front of you your significant other is right next to you with also their phone in front of them just see what mm -hmm. happens when you just gingerly just put your phone in between their eyes and their <laughs> own phone <laughs> And I'm saying, and just whisper in their ear, I'm not letting you get in between my YouTube videos <laughs> and your British baking show. <laughs> there you go. We are sharing this fail army video. Yes. <laughs> on your AT&T phones. AT&T phone. Uh, hashtag go AT&T. Um, yep. So there we go. Uh, Brian, thank you again for making some time. I appreciate Fun. it. Good luck in your new venture in teaching and continuing acting and all that stuff. And for my listeners, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. This has been Aaron Odom from Trident Theater in Sheridan, Wyoming, coming to you for another episode of Euripides, Humanities, a theater history podcast. We'll get another one out to you in about two weeks, and I will see you at intermission. <laughs>